Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unfiltered Imposed Opinion Opinions, The Killer Files. There the fuck it is. We haven't had that in a couple. <laughs> well, exactly. Where I'm Drew. And I'm the other asshole. Yeah, there we go. Uh, this is the special, special... Special, special, because we're both special. Special, 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 special. This is the special wrap-up of the first set of Killer Files. Yes. It's exciting. It's a bittersweet. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to get this first one in the bag. I'm also excited to start the next one. But So we'll kind of give you guys a little insight. Um, I think we're going to do... Drew and I have talked. Uh, we're going to do a couple regular episodes. Uh, yes. Maybe like either music or uh, video games or whatever you motherfuckers might want to talk about. We would actually give us some fucking <laughs> shit. Right. Oh, what's up? We got a few other people too. It's a Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, Hoffman's. You, you guys, um, you guys also get on here pretty regularly with us. So uh, why don't you guys start giving us some, give us some suggestions? Yes, uh, yes. Take them under five minutes. We like them. We'll do them. If we don't, fuck you. Yeah. Is it loud? Oh well, I'm sorry about that. Well, no. Hey, if it if it peaks, it actually like. Oh, it Oh, did it? Like, okay. So we're turning that down. All right. There we go. Is it too loud? <laughs> That's right. Uh, can you hear us? You can hear us, right? Hello. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Give you a what? Give give us suggest suggestions of things you want to hear. Suggestions and topics to talk about. You didn't hear that. You're fucking with me. You're fucking with me. <laughs> that's a that's what you hear right now is a bottle of meat opening. So. So we uh, switched the beer up. Yeah, because it gets pretty gruesome, and we're gonna get gruesome. Because we, because we like gruesome. You guys like gruesome. I hear that mouth. What that mouth do? Well, this mouth is gonna talk about the Plainfield Butcher, aka the Plainfield Ghoul, aka the Butcher of Plainfield, aka Eddie, aka the Mad Butcher, aka Ed Gein. A movie. Uh, I think that was on Prime Video. Yeah, I think it might be. Uh, either way, there was something that we didn't know that exists called Ed Gein. Yeah, that stars. Movie about Ed Gein, and the cool thing is, is if you guys are Friday Thirteenth fans and you're a Kane Hodder fan, Kane Hodder plays Ed Gein in this movie. It was a very good movie, but it was. Very fucked up. Like, obviously, because Ed Gein was a fucked up individual. Um, it was it was really good. I did not realize. Yeah, it was. It was it was pretty fucked up. It was fucked up. It was. I think it definitely brought a lot of what he went through when it does like some of the flashbacks. Yeah. The only thing that I think we both agreed on was the fact that Gain Hodder is pretty huge to play at yeah, yeah, He could have been. He could have been. I really don't. I have no idea. But Gain Hodder's a fucking but, yeah, monster. Yeah. And he's stocky as fuck. Or at least he used to be. I mean, he's a little older now. He might have lost. 
Yeah. Uh, he's still a pretty massive individual. <laughs> so Edward Theodore Gein was born August 27th, 1906, and he died July 26th of 1984. He was also known as the Butcher Plainfield or the Plainfield Ghoul, and he was American an, an American murderer and body snatcher. That's the that's the official uh the official body snatcher, yeah. A grave robber. It's a body snatcher. Yeah. Uh, Gein's crimes committed around the hometown of Plainfield, Wisconsin, gathered widespread notoriety in 1957 after the authorities discovered that he had exhumed corpses from the local graveyards and fashioned trophies and keepsakes from their bones and skin. Uh, Gein also confessed to to killing two women... Uh, tavern owner Mary Hogan in 1954 and hardware store owner Bernice Warden in 1957. Uh, Gein was initially found unfit to stand trial and he was confined to a mental health facility by 1968. He was judged competent to stand trial and was found guilty of the murder of Warden, but he was found legally insane and remanded Remanded to a psychiatric institution where he died uh, at Men- Mendota Mental Health Institute from respiratory failure on July 26, 1984. He was 77 years old. Uh, he is buried next to his family in the Plainfield Cemetery where I'm sure people go and mess with his bones and shit. Uh, the original snatcher. Yeah, the original snatcher. Um, uh, Do you want to jump into his childhood? We can do his childhood. Yeah. Do you have anything pulled up? Okay. Yeah. Um, so his early childhood, he was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin on August 27th, 1906. He was the second of two boys. He had a brother named uh, Henry George Gein. Um, his father, George Philip Gein, and his mother, Augustus Wilmine Gein. Wilmine, I think that's how you say it. Wilhelmine? Wilhelmine? Anyway, his mother uh, was super religious, and uh, she was Lutheran. Yeah, mess with his bones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, She preached to her sons about the innate immortality of the world, the evil of drinking, and that her belief that all women, other than herself, were naturally promiscuous and instruments of the devil. Mm, devil. Ooh, I wonder if Bobby Boucher's mom was based off her, too. Everything's a devil to you, mom. She reserved time every afternoon to read them verses from the Bible, usually selecting verses from the Old Testament and the Book of Revelation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she wasn't fond of uh, their father, George, because he was apparently an alcoholic and he was unable to keep a job where he worked usually as a carpenter, a tanner, or an insurance salesman during his time in lacrosse. I don't know what a tanner is. It's like Danny Tanner. I don't think they... Ah, of course it is. Oh. Yeah. I could see that. Hey, look, Ed. I got your fucking femur. <laughs> oh, the joys. Yeah. Um so that's where he he worked there. George also owned a local grocery shop, but he soon sold the business and left the city with his family to live in isolation on a 155-acre farm in the town of Plainfield, Wisconsin. So sold the farm or he sold their ha- business 
moved out to this farm where they all kind of like lived out their lives and all this other stuff happened that we would jump into. Which, this has become the Gein's permanent residence. Give me one second. I guess took advantage of the farm's isolation by turning away outsiders who came, who could have influenced her sons. Gein left the farm only to attend school. Outside of school, Gein spent most of his time doing chores on the farm. Yeah. Gein was shy, and classmates and teachers remembered him as having strange mannerisms such as seemingly random laughter as if he were laughing at his own personal jokes. That's creepy. That's creepy. To make matters worse, Augusta punished him whenever he tried to make friends. Despite his poor social development, Gein did fairly well in school, particularly. So he was a smart dude. So how could they, how could they essentially deem him like insane if he was pretty smart? Not most, but that's how some people get away with her. Is they pop an insanity? They're saying they they're saying they could barely hear you. Yeah, they can barely hear you. Okay. Can you hear me now? Maybe a little more. Maybe a little more. Yeah. Now I'm just being a dick at this point. Little mouth. Nah, you just peaked. <laughs> we'll get there. All right. That should be good right there. So. If it's not, then fucking open your ears up. Yeah. I said it. Do something. Just kidding. Anyways. Deaths in immediate family. On April 1st, 1940, Ed Gein's father, George, died of heart failure caused by his alcoholism at age 66. Henry and Ed began doing odd jobs around town to help cover living expenses. The brothers were generally considered reliable and honest by residents of the community. While both worked as handymen, Ed was frequently baby free Ed also frequently babysat for neighbors. He enjoyed babysitting, seeming to relate more easily to children than adults, Henry began dating a divorced mother of two and planned to move in with her. He worried about his, his brother's, brother's achievement to, to their to their mother and often spoke ill of her around Ed, who responded with shock and hurt. Of course, he did. On May 16, 1944, Henry and Ed were burning away a large more into the mic. I think that's the problem. Marsh. Because I can barely... Look how high mine is and look how low yours is. On May 16, 1944, Henry and Ed were burning away marsh vegetation on the property. The fire got out of control, drawing the attention of the local fire department. By the end of the day, the fire having been extinguished and the firefighters gone, Ed reported his brother missing. With lanterns and flashlights, a search party searched for Henry, whose dead body was found laying face down. Apparently, he had been dead for some time, and it appeared that the cause of the death was heart failure since he had not been burned or injured otherwise. It was later reported by biographer Harold... However the fuck to say that... Huh. Henry had bruises on his head. The, the police dismissed the possibility of foul play, and the county coroner later officially listed asphyxiation as the cause of death. Oh, so he was fucking strangled. Yeah. That's great. The authorities accepted the accident theory 
but no official investigation was conducted and an autopsy was not performed. What the fuck? Questioning Ed Gein about the death of Bernice Wooden, Warden in 1957, state investigator Joe Willimowski, Mof, Willimowski, Movski, yeah, sure, brought up questions about Henry's death. George W. Ardette, who studied the case, wrote that in retrospect, it was possible and likely that Henry's death was the Cain and Abel aspect of this case. Uh, What are you laughing about? He said Ed loved kids. He killed people, but he was a good babysitter. Right. Yeah, no shit. Gein and his mother were now alone. Augusta had a paralyzing stroke shortly after Henry's death, and Gein devoted himself to taking care of her. Sometime in 1945, Gein later recounted he and his mother visited a man named Smith who lived nearby to purchase straw. According to Gein, Augusta witnessed Smith beating a dog, a a woman inside the Smith home came outside and yelled for him to stop, but Smith beat the dog to death. Augusta was extremely upset by this scene. However, what bothered her did not appear to be the brutality towards the dog, but rather the presence of the woman. Augusta, oh, the presence of the woman. Hmm. She was jelly. <laughs> Augusta told Ed that the woman was not married to Smith and so had no business being there and argued angrily called her Smith's harlot. She was the hell. <laughs> she had a second stroke soon after and her health deteriorated rapidly. She died on December 29, 1945 at the age of 67. Ed was devastated by her death in the words of author Harold, however the fuck you say his last name, he had lost his only friend and one true love, and he was absolutely alone in the in the world. That's crazy. Yeah, it it's actually very disturbing on how close he was to his mom. Like very disturbing. Like sick. And, and, and that's disturbing. where it kind of wraps a lot. Like in uh... Psycho. Psycho, yeah, and and uh, the Bates Motel, mm-hmm. it kind of shows you that. Yeah, whole, it's fucking disturbing. Yeah. Very, very disturbing. Oh man, uh, I know we already. I think we already talked pretty much about his work. Uh, we can get a little more into it. There's not a whole lot here. Um, Gein held on to the farm and earned money from odd jobs. He boarded up rooms used by his mother including the upstairs downstairs parlor and living room leaving them untouched while the rest of the house became increasingly squalid these rooms remained pristine Gein lived thereafter in a small room next to the kitchen around this time he became interested in reading pulp magazines and adventure stories, particularly those involving cannibals or Nazi atro <laughs> atro cities. There you go. Fuck off. I'm terrible with this, so bear with me. You guys are lucky I'm even fucking reading. <laughs> Gein was a handyman and received a farm subsidy. A farm, yeah, that a subsidy. Subsidy from the federal government starting in 1951. He occasionally worked for the local municipal road crew and crop threshings. Oh, crop threshings crew in the area. Sometime between 1946 and 1956, he also sold an 80 acre parcel of land that his brother Henry had owned. Hmm. Intriguing. You want to 
start with the the crime. The crime. Yeah. The crime. Crimes. You want to do the crime? Okay. So, on the morning of November sixteenth, nineteen fifty-seven, Plainfield Hardware store owner Bernice Warden disappeared. Uh, Plainfield resident reported the hardware store's truck had been driven out from the rear of the building around 9.30 a.m. A.m. Uh, it's okay. I didn't learn to read until second grade. That's fair. The hardware store sound... I didn't learn to read until like last year, so it's fine. The hardware store saw a few customers that entire day, and some area residents believe that was because of it was, be- because of it was deer hunting season. <laughs> Uh, Miss Warden's son, the deputy sheriff, the deputy deputy sheriff Frank. All right, um, clearly neither one of us can read. It's fine. Entered the store around five p.m. to find five p.m. to find the store's cash register open and blood stains all over the floor. The crime, absolutely correct. Uh, Frank Warden told investigators that the evening before his mother's disappearance, Gein had been in the store and that he was to return have to return the next morning for a gallon of antifreeze. Uh, sales slip for a gallon of antifreeze was the last receipt written by Warden in the office that the morning that she disappeared. And on the evening of the same day, Gein was arrested at West Plainfield Grocery Store in Worcestershire, Worcestershire County Sheriff's Department and searched Gein's farm. Worcestershire County Sheriff's deputy discovered Warden's decapitated body in a shed on Gein's property, hung upside down by her legs with a crossbar at her ankles and a rope at her wrists. The torso was dressed out like a deer, so he fucking did an autopsy on her. She had been shot with a twenty-two caliber rifle, and the mutations were made after her death. So they were post-mortem. Mutilations. Probably not mutation. Uh, Mutilation. You right. You right. Yep. So, we are going to list this entire list of things that they found in his house. It's it's fucking disturbing. when (laughs) When it gets too much for you, then... Just pause. Start masturbating. Yeah. Oh, I mean, because <laughs> yeah. that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> oh, all right. So this list is—it's—it's—it's ex- it's extensive. Yeah. So I mean, if you guys are squeamish, you may want to. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, or not spoiler alert, kind but uh, cut through. Uh, this is gonna get a bit graphic because I'm gonna make it very graphic. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try getting okay. into the gory details. So that's it's a pretty extensive list. Um, I'll read half. It's not like you want to read obnoxiously extensive, yeah. but it's it. There's a lot of shit. So yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Wherever you, I'll follow along. Whatever, wherever you stop, I'll stop. Yeah, that's fair. So searching the house, the authorities found, and I quote: whole human bones and fragments. A wastebasket made of human skin. Human skin covering several chair seats. Skulls on his bedposts. Female skulls with some tops sewn sawn off. So it was uh, like cut off right around the. I think he used those for like head. bowls, like ashtrays and bowls. Yeah, maybe. And I don't know. Yeah, he smoked. There's pictures of him. Oh, here that's right underneath. <laughs> bowls made of human skulls. There we go. A corset made from a female torso, Yeesh. skinned from the shoulders to waist. Oh my! Yeah. Uh, leggings made of human leg skin, and masks made from skin of female heads. Mary Hogan's face mask in a paper bag. <laughs> That's fucked up. Mary Hogan's skull in a box. Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. He was he was saving that for later. Yeah, I bet. I bet he was. Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of Gein's pot belly stove. He was going to cook that. He was going to eat it. He was going to eat it. Nine. Volve. Volve 
in a shoebox, a young girl's dress, and the vulvas uh, of two females you know judged what, to have been about 15 years old. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, I do. Sure. Now, after I said it a couple times, I was like, oh, oh, all right. All right, so... The vulva consists of external female sex organs. The vulva includes the mons pubis, the labia majora, the labia minora, the clitoris, the vestibular bulbs, vestibular bulbs, the vulva vestibule, the urinary meatus, the vaginal opening, the hymen, and the bartholon, bartho, I can, I can't read that, I don't have my glasses, bartholon, barth, Bartholins and Skeen's vestibular glands. The urinary meatus is... I'm not even going to finish. That's crazy. It's basically... All the, you females listening, you should know all those parts because that's your entire downstairs. Right. Right. Correct. Uh, a belt made from female human nipples. Jesus Christ. A whole belt? Yeah. Four noses. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstrings. A lampshade made from made from the skin of a human face. Finger and fingernails from female fingers. How do they know they were from female fingers? Probably, I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Wait, I can't see. <laughs> when detectives find nine vulva. Dude, is that a, is that a, like, a, I can't see, is that, realistically, I thought your emoji was Mr. T. <laughs> I pity the, I pity the fool. <laughs> These artifacts were photographed at the state crime laboratory and then decently disposed of. How do you decently dispose of they those? They disposed of the photos, or... Parts. Uh, yes. No, I'm probably the parts is what I'm guessing. Right. So when questioned, he told the investigators that between 1947 and 1952, that he had made as many as 40 nocturnal visits to three local graveyards to exhume recently buried bodies while he was in a daze like state. Fuck, I found a mons pubis. <laughs> With the poking it with a stick, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, that's what he was poking it with. On a, yeah, on about thirty of those visits, he said that he came out of a daze while he was in the cemetery, but he left the grave in, the grave in good order, and returned home empty-handed. On the other occasions, he dug up the graves of recently buried middle-aged women, and thought they resembled his mother, and took their bodies home, where he tanned their skins to make it look like paraphernalia. Hmm. Gein admitted to streaming, streaming, oh, he was streaming these, stealing from nine graves from local local cemeteries, and he led investigators to their locations. Alan Wim, William Volsky, Willem Volsky, of the State Crime Laboratory participated in opening three test graves identified by Gein. The caskets were inside wooden boxes and the top boards crossways, not lengthwise. The tops of the boxes were about 2 feet 61 centimeters below the surface in sandy soil. Gein had robbed the graves soon after the funerals while the graves were not completed. The test graves were exhumed because the authorities were uncertain as to whether the slight Gein was capable of single-handedly dinging up a grave during a single evening. They were found, as Gein described, two of the exhumed graves were found empty. One had a crowbar in place of the body, and one casket was empty. One casket Gein had failed to open when he lost his pry bar, and most of the body was gone from the third grave, yet Gein had returned rings and some body parts. Thus, Gein's confession was largely corroborated. This motherfucker returned body parts. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Nah, I don't want that one. I just felt like (laughs) collecting giners. Right, yeah. No, I don't... don't, 
<laughs> so he left. He, he so he took bodies back to his house, defiled them, made his you know lampshades and shit, and took the rest of what he wasn't using, and put it back. Yeah, he was so basically he, like, nah, I don't, I don't want these parts. I want these parts. This this I don't need giants. this shit. Yeah, mostly just the you know female skin, so he could make fucking lampshades and All right, seat so covers. This is this is where it gets a little fucked up too. So. I'm pretty sure we're past fucked up, buddy. We can't hear you? Well, you can't hear me? Can't hear who? Which one? Ah! There we go. Okay. So, ah! Uh, this is where it gets crazy. Soon after his mother's death, Gein began to create a woman's suit so that he could become his mother, to literally crawl into her skin. Gein denied having sex with the bodies he exhumed, explaining they smelled too bad. During the state of, hold on, what? what? I'm gonna need you to. Re- I'm gonna need you to repeat that. Gein denied having sex with the bodies that he exhumed because he explained that they smelled too bad. That was the reason why you didn't have. Not the fact that they were dead, right? But the fact that they it was just because they smelled too, too bad. bad. That's it. That was the only reason. So if they would have not smelled like decaying fucking flesh, he would have been like, eh, well, well, cracking open. It's not that one. cold. You can make it warm. Just I mean, put room. It in the microwave. <laughs> keep it. Keep it in the room. Get up to room temperature. You're good. Mm. What the fuck? During during the state crime laboratory interrogation, Gein also admitted to shooting the shooting death of Mary Hogan a tavern owner who went missing since 1954 and whose head was found in his house, but he later denied the memory of the details of her death. A 16-year-old youth whose parents were friends with Gein, who attended ball games and movies with him, reported that Gein kept shrunken heads in his house, which Gein has described as relics from the Philippines, sent by a cousin who had served on the islands during World War II. Upon investigation by the police, these were determined to be human facial skins carefully peeled from the corpses and used by Gein as masks. And that's what where the you- fuck is a mom suit? I don't know. Go watch. Uh, go watch. Um, Bates Motel. Also, go watch. Spoiler alert. Go watch uh, that Ed Gein. No, you could watch Ed Gein that stars uh, Kate Ho- Kane, Kane Hodder. Hodder. Yeah. Watch that, because he fucking wears one in there. <laughs> My quaving the mom suit would have to smell so bad. Yeah, I would sure that it would. I mean, honestly, at that point, his senses, half of his senses, senses probably didn't work. There's no fucking way. Oh, uh, yeah. They smelled bad, but he kept all that fucking shit in his house. Right. Uh, Gein was also considered a suspect in several other unsolved cases in Wisconsin, including the 1953 disappearance of Evelyn Hartley, a lacrosse babysitter. During questioning, Sheriff Art Sheely reported, reportedly assaulted Gein by banging his head and face into a brick wall. As a result, Gein's initial confession was ruled indismissible. Shelley died of a heart failure at age 43 in 1968 before Gein's trial. Many who knew Shelley said she was said he was traumatized by the horror of Gein's crimes, and this, along with the fear of having to testify, especially about assaulting Gein, caused his death. One of his friends said he was a victim of Ed Gein as surely as if he had butchered him anyway. The trial. The trial. <clears throat> yes, yes. On November 21st, 1957, Gein was arraigned on one on one court of first degree murder in <laughs> Washara. Washawa? What walk? Washawa. County Court. I don't know. How, you struggled it, just like I yeah, did. Yeah, I don't know how to fucking say that. You're fine. Worcestershire County Court. We're going to go with that. Washer Sister County. Yeah, Washer Sister County Court, where he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Gein was diagnosed with schizophrenia and found 
mentally incompetent, thus unfit for trial. He was sent to the Central State Hospital for the criminally insane, now the Dodge Correctional Institution, a maximum security facility in, I'm going to, I'm going to say, Wupum, Wupun, Wisconsin, and later transferred to the Men, Men, Mendota. Yeah, Mendota State Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. God damn it, my eye is fucking watering like a bitch. Give me a minute. In 1968, doctors determined Gein was mentally able oh. to confer with the council and participate in his defense. The trial began on November 7th of 1968 and lasted one week. A psychiatric testified that Gein had told him that he did not know whether the killing of Bernice Warden was intentional or accidental. Gein had told them that while he examined a gun in Warden's store, the gun went off, killing Warden. Gein testified that after trying to load a bullet into the rifle, it discharged, and he said that he had not aimed the rifle at Warden and did not remember anything else that happened that morning. Listen, I don't know if I believe that he is mentally unstable. he's not. There's no fucking way. I don't know. I know that you, Mr. Hoffman, and your brother have worked in some, like, um, social work and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys can get a somewhat professional opinion. Um, I would actually own. I would actually like to get you guys' opinion on if you think, from everything that we've read and everything that we will read, like, you guys' opinion. I'm sure Ed's lawyer was sweating the whole time. I don't know if he had a lawyer, though. I haven't seen anything. I'm pretty sure he probably got a DA. Either way. And if it was a DA, they ain't sweating because they... They they don't give a shit. Yeah, they don't give a shit. They get paid anyway. Yeah. Public defenders don't give a damn. Um, At the request of the defense, Gein's trial was held without a jury with Judge Robert H. Golmar presiding. Gein was found guilty by Golmar on November 14th a second trial dealt with Gein's sanity. After testimony by a doctors for prosecution defense, Gomorrah ruled Gein not guilty by reason of insanity and ordered him committed to the Central State Hospital for the crim- criminally insane. Uh, Gein spent the rest of his life in a mental hospital, Judge Gormer wrote. Due to prohibitive costs, Gein was trialed for only one murder, and that was tried, yeah, sorry. Tried for only one murder, and that was of Mrs. Warden that he also admitted, even though he also admitted killing Mary Hogan. Fate, uh, uh, this is the fate of his property after So as it's, as it, after he was, uh, arrested, tried, and as it stands now, it's going to tell you about it, a little bit about his property. There. Yeah, a little bit about the fate of, uh, what happened to the property. So... Gein's house and 195-acre property were appraised at 4700 equivalent to 44000 in 2021. That's actually cheap as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, very cheap. His possessions were scheduled to be auctioned on March 30th, 1958, amidst rumors... I wonder if they sold this human That skin the skin. house and the land it stood on might become a tourist attraction. Yeah, yeah fuck that. Early on the morning of March 20... 20- Listen. How the fuck are you going to make a fucking tourist attraction? Well, I mean, they... Okay, so... I mean, even even at worst at hand, as fucked up as it sounds, I mean, they also made a fucking tourist attraction out of, uh, uh, what's her name's fucking house over in Germany? Okay, but that's Germans. They're weird. Okay, fuck you too, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm part German too, asshole. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I understand making, like, the Halloween house a tourist attraction. And, well, that like, was from a movie. Right. But, like, where people actually died. Okay, so the fucking, the Amityville Horror House, they let that be an attraction for a while until someone bought it for personal reasons. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. To me, like, listen. Bobby Boucher vibes. 
Right. Listen, I'm I'm not saying that it's wrong or right. I will say that it is. It's it's a little fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a little fucked up. Just a bit. In my opinion, I feel like that's a little fucked up. I, I don't Anyways, disagree. Moving on. I don't remember where the fuck I was. Give me a minute. <clears throat> oh, here we are. Early on the morning of March 20th, the house was destroyed by fire. A deputy fire marshal reported that a garbage fire had been set 75 feet from the house by a cleaning crew who was given the task of disposing of refuse refuse that hot coals were recovered from the spot of the bonfire that but that the fire did not spread along the ground from the location to the house it was definitely arson Arson was suspected. Yeah, I'm going to say that it was probably fucking arson. It was arson. Someone burnt that. Yeah, someone said, fuck this house, and they burn it the fuck down. Um, Arson was suspected, but the cause of the fire was never officially determined. It is possible that the fire was not considered a matter of urgency by the fire chief, Frank Warden, son of Bernice Warden, Gein's last victim. Well, yeah, probably. So that's probably why he was like, yo, fuck this house. Yeah, that's probably. He probably set he, it on fire. I was going to say he probably was Being the one. Being a fire marshal, he probably set it on yeah. fire. Yeah, because no one's going to question him. Mm-mm. While Gein learned of the incident while in detention, he shrugged and said, just as well. That's fucked up. Gein's 1949 Ford sedan, which which he used to haul the bodies of his victims, was sold at public auction for $760, equivalent to $7,100 in 2021, to Carnival Sideshow operator Bunny Gibson. Gibson charged Carnival goers $0.25 cents admission to see it. So, before we jump in and go a little further, uh, they did say that Ed Gein definitely had some environmental issues that further affected his mental state. And I could probably agree with that. I mean, if he he already knew he was gone. So, I mean, there's something crazy about the human mind that I know. So, the more you believe something, the truer it can get and, and affect your body, especially anything mental. So, I'll kind of go back to the Dahmer thing that we watched about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Um, and like I said, eventually we probably will do something on him. I'm probably. sure. Um, but in the one part of that, like at the end when he was talking to the cops and stuff after he got caught and shit like that, he was like, I tried to stop. Yeah. But I got tired of fighting his urges. Fighting my urges. It's an addiction. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. That's why I get too. I mean, a lot of people think that, like, I mean, I definitely don't agree with it as far as when it comes to like drug addicts and and alcohol and murdering people and stuff like that. Well, yeah, but I mean, I guess so. But whenever you say people just want you to like stop, that's a little hard, you know. I mean, okay, sure, there's some superheroes out there that did it cold turkey in their first try and never touched again. Listen. I'm not but it's saying, all about mental control. I'm not saying that it's not hard to get off drugs. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it is. But it's nobody's fault oh, but yeah. your own. That's Absolutely. my big thing. When people say that it's a disease. Well, it's not a disease. It can, it's a choice. The, You're, the addiction is a disease. The the reason And that's possible. So I won't I won't a hundred percent say that it's not a disease. Yeah. But it is still a choice. Absolutely. You choose to not better yourself you choose to not get help you choose to not change your life for the better and and one of the things that i could say that could go along with a lot of this stuff is um and obviously whenever you come to realization obviously i'm not saying that to be a dick no 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 i'm saying that because it's it's true I'm not right. saying that making that choice is easy because I'm sure it's not. Well, I mean, I've never had to make that choice. And when it so realistically, when it comes down to it, and everybody says this in the first part of recovery is the only way to change something and the only way to make a change in your own is to actually realize that you have a problem. Right. And 
that can go from drug addiction to murdering people all the way down to simple anxiety. Realizing that you can have a problem is the first step step in helping yourself recover. Right. Correct. I mean, if we're being completely honest, probably about five years ago, I had a pretty, pretty bad drinking problem. Yeah, well... The thing is, though, is you still drink. You don't. You haven't come. You haven't become abstinent from it. Fuck no, and I never but will. You have more self control. Yeah, and that's the thing that I can say too. I don't have a problem with people who do drugs. Whatever you want to do to your body, do to your body. It's the deception. One of the things. It's the stealing. It's the. It's one. One of the things the lying. that uh, somebody told me, who is a recreational drug user they said do the drug don't let the drug do you yeah in moderation just have control over what you're doing have control over yourself and that's what i believe realistically i don't i don't care what people do you want to do drugs you do you that's not my life you live your life i would say be careful because you never know if you're getting drugs off of somebody you don't know. Right. Then you're putting your life in somebody else's hands. And I completely agree with you. Addiction is... Absolutely. Uh, He said addiction is possible and pop up in different ways in someone's life. Imagine having only one way to function and that you can't control it. It can be kind of maddening. Right. I get that. I I agree. I get that one. I mean, a lot of people would... That is a... Very good point. It, what a lot of people don't realize, too, is sex addiction is a real thing. Yes. Yes, it is. Mm, right and here. You addicted to sex? Yes. Is it 100%. Problem? And I'm talking, like, to the point where you have self-control. I do. There are people that have that I understand. sex addicts that constantly watch porn, rape people. I understand. Or... Yeah, like that. I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't do that. But that's, um, I mean, that's where the maddening part would come from. Like you, it's, it starts to take over your life and control right. your life. See, and that's, and that's something to where you have to be able to resist those urges. Right. Some people can't do self-control. that. Self-control. Yeah. You got to have self, I think self-control. And a, and a lot of, thi- also a with, lot of with, it. With addiction, I believe that self-control has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. And people, obviously, like you said, people make those choices, whether that be drugs, raping people from sex addiction, all the other stuff. But I I also believe that one of the biggest parts that play in the fact is the way that you were brought up in your education. Well, I mean, obviously, there's childhood traumas. Uh, Listen, I get it. I hate using that as an excuse for a lot of things because I've had childhood traumas. I've had a lot of childhood traumas. Well, yeah. I'm not a fucking serial killer. No, but I'm you not a have, rapist. Hold on. Now, but granted, you went, you went through your alcoholic granted, binge. I did. I did. But I also didn't have like a, a fucked up childhood. No. Like I was I had two parents that loved me very much. My dad just happened to die at a young age because he was older and he had, right. you know, he fucking had cancer. Right. So. I've had childhood traumas. I did not have a traumatizing childhood. Right. Well, I eh, I guess, yes, like a traumatizing child. I wasn't... My whole childhood wasn't bad, <laughs> is what I guess what I'm trying to get at. I mean... To where, like, people... Like, some children have, like, abusive parents and... Or don't have fucking parents at all, and right. they, ha- they end up in the fucking, like... The system. The system and shit like, like that. that, which those kids However, I they're fucking horrible yeah, for. Yeah, but there are kids that actually do a lot better I'm not in the saying, system. That I'm not saying that every person who adopts children is a fucking piece of shit. No, they're not. But <laughs> there is a good portion of people who just do it for a fucking paycheck. And those motherfuckers need to be nutted, fucking and eviscerated, people, and fucking beaten to death. I feel like you should have uh, weekly... Welfare checks to people. Well, they're supposed to be, but I do know in that field of working, they're usually very understaffed and overworked. Oh, yeah. All right. So back to Mr. Gein. Right. Yeah. Now that we've gone off like we usually do, it's fine. Gein died at the Mendota Mental Health Institute due to respiratory failure, secondary to lung cancer on, told you he smoked. Secondary to lung cancer on July 26, 1984, at the age of 77. 
Uh, over the years, souvenir seekers chipped pieces from his gravestone at the Plainfield Cemetery until the stone itself was stolen in 2000. It was recovered in June of 2001 near Seattle, Washington, where it was placed in a storage at uh, Washer Sister Sauce County Sheriff's Department. The gravesite itself is now unmarked but not unknown. Gein is interred between his parents and his brother in the cemetery. I get you. I get you too. I think he's talking to B though. Your ramble. He was talking about your ramble. Oh, he appreciates yeah. you. Well, thanks, guy. I appreciate you too. Uh, in pop culture, so there's been many things in pop culture we covered quite a bit over these last few weeks. Um, oh yeah, the pop culture. I was actually just reading that. Um, yeah. So a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to go through the entire thing because it is slightly extensive. I'm just going to kind of pull things out. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. So um, we've we talked about how Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. The, the 1960 film was based off of that. Um, also, the the novel, Blotch's novel, Psycho, was also loosely adapted into numerous films, um, including Deranged, In the Light of the Moon, released in the United States and Australia as Ed Gein. Ed Gein, the Butcher of Plainfield, that's the 2007. I think that's, that's the, the... Yeah, that's the... Um, that's the, the Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder played in that. Ed Gein, the musical. Which um, we found what? repulsive. Yeah. We I, haven't seen it, but... I don't we, understand. We saw this earlier when we were looking stuff up and... Uh, I, don't, I don't understand how you can make a that, musical of a serial killer, but... Uh, it's pretty funny. You do have my attention, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ed Gein, or yeah, Ed Gein the musical and the Rob Zombie films, which I did not know this. We actually just found this out too. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and its sequels, Devil's Rejects. Gein served as the inspiration for myriad myriad fictional serial killers, most notably Norman Bates, Psycho, Leatherface, yeah, and Bates Motel, Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Buffalo Bill, The Silence of the Lambs. That's, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want to correct myself. Ourselves. Well, ourselves, because we were incorrect. Uh, Gein was not the premise for Dr. Hannibal Lecter. It was actually... Um, what the Buffalo fuck was Bill. the dude's name? Buffalo Bill. Well, no, Buffalo Bill was... was oh. Yeah, he was inspired by inspired by Ed Gein, but Doctor Hannibal Lecter, yeah, Doctor Hannibal Lecter was actually inspired by a different person. Yeah. Um, I actually need to tell Garrett that too. He was right, and I told him he was fucking wrong. Ah. That's <laughs> is what it is. You owe someone an apology. I I didn't say I owe him an apology. Um, and the character Doctor Oliver Threadson. Threadson. In the TV series American Horror Story Asylum, which I did not know that. And those are actually, that's those are uh, good shows as well. Yeah. Um, the song Young God yeah. from the Swans EP with the same name was told from Gein's perspective. Um, uh, the character Patrick Bateman. In the 1991 American novel American or in the novel American Psycho, and its 2000 film adaptation, which stars uh, Edmund Kemper. No. no, no, no. It stars uh, what's his name? Played Batman. Yeah, I know Christian Bale. Christian Bale. There we go. Uh, mistakenly attributes a quote by Edmund Kemper to Gein. When he said, you know what Ed Gein said about women? He said, when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. One part of me wants to take her out, talk to her, be real nice and sweet and treat her right. And the other part of me wonders what her head would look like on a stick. Hmm. Which is probably one of the best quotes I think I've ever heard. And also probably one of the most fucked up. Yeah, but that's besides the point. It was bit. still good. Uh, in 2012, German director Jörg Budgerit wrote the wrote and directed a stage play about the case of Gein called Cannibal und Lieben. Lieber. Lieber. I don't know. I'm not German. So 
or I don't Part speak of German. Is played by actor Uwu Robic. Yeah. At the time, the news reports of Gein's crimes spawned a subgenre of black humor called Geiners. I am so fucking saying that now. Since 1950s, Gein has frequently exploited by transgressive art of shock rock, often without association of his life or crimes beyond the shock value of his name. The example includes a song titled Dead Skin Mask from Slayer's album Season of the Abyss. Nothing to Gein by Mudvayne. From Mudvayne. Uh, yeah. From Mudvayne on the album LT50. Ed Gein, 1992, from Ziggins' album Rusty Never Sleeps. Skinned from Blind Melon's ab- album Soup. The Slayer song features a young girl pleading Ed Gein. Pleading with Gein. Pleading to with release Gein her. To release her, although Gein never held a captive. A live captive. A live captive, and his victims were middle-aged women. Bradley Mark Brad Stewart, bassist for alternative metal band Marilyn Manson, was known by his stage name, Gidget Gein, inspired by the part of Ed Gein. There was also a band named Ed Gein in 2002, or 2022. That's this year. Yeah, no shit. Ed in Gein 2022, Ed Gein was featured in an episode of Netflix Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, as a possible inspiration for Dahmer. However, a direct connection between the two is seen as speculation. Yeah, yeah it is. So was uh, so was um, fat shit. What's his name? John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was also mentioned in Dahmer. Well, the, his whole fucking death scene was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, he watched them get uh, euthanized. The same, so, uh, fun, fun they, fact. I wonder if they really televised that. No, no, uh, I don't know if they actually televised it, but fun, fun fact, uh, the day that Ed, or, <laughs> yep, Ed Gein, the day that John Wayne Gacy was executed, Jeffrey Dahmer got baptized. Yes, and there was there was a lunar eclipse, and I actually looked it up. Well, Ashley looked it up, but so it was really weird. All that happened in like one day. But yeah, <clears throat> so that's um, that's pretty much it, guys. Like, I don't really. I can give you some like references and shit like that if you want to look more into this. No. One thing I could say, guys, is definitely, definitely, definitely go watch that Ed Gein movie starring Kane Hodder. Uh, there's it some stuff on YouTube up. that we've watched, uh, some true crime stuff that kind of helped us through this, as well as uh, the Wikipedia page we got most of our information off of. Um, he was a fucking crazy dude, and uh, probably one of the worst. I'm not sure why... Uh, my favorite podcast, um, Lore, and my other favorite podcast, Morbid. Neither of them talked about it. More, oh, Morbid with Ash and Elena. Yeah. Shout out to them if we ever it actually, a, ever wild. actually, you know, get a chance to do something with them. That would be awesome because yeah, I also watch them very much. Have to travel or to watch them. Fucking watch them. I listen to them very much. Bet you watch them, you creep. Uh, no. First off, I mean... Hold the fuck on. <laughs> hold the fuck on. <laughs> Pretty sure that they're both in very healthy, happy relationships, which I don't know what that... Oh, I don't wait, know what on. anything this is what long. that is. Hold on. I'll get this on... Uh, so, his family is a symphonic mess. The behavioral issues, along with substance abuse, toxic, toxic religious ideologies, and controlling parents... Is a recipe for some fucked up, some fuck shit. Being schizophrenic and growing up in that environment is like feeding the feeding fire, feeding the fire more. I have to smoke my body weight in distress from interviewing that dude. I get that, but here's the thing. I mean, his his mom was controlling. His dad was pretty much non-existent. I mean, yeah, he was just a fucking he was, alcoholic. He was always, he was never home, and when he was home, he was drunk, and he never paid Did attention. It, it never said if he was abusive or anything. No. Which I don't think he was. No, he he was just a fucking alcoholic who, like, wasn't there. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was about it. And right. his his mother was super super religious, so her she hated him. Yeah. Yeah. Um just to kind of spoil that for you and I think I said that whenever we went over it. If you actually watch Bates Motel, his father is the same way, but he's actually abusive to his mother and uh he ends up smacking him in the head with a hammer and him and his mom finish the job because he's kind of just laying there twitching. And then they fucking bag his body and shit and, and then they cash in his life insurance. How crazy would that be to cash in someone's life insurance without proof that they were dead? I mean, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be able to do that now. Not now, but I mean, you think that was done in the 50s? Yeah, back then, no one gave a shit. Yeah. You could fake your death back then, pretty mm-hmm. sure. A lot easier than you could fake oh, your death yeah. now. Dude needed some gabapentin. Ain't that the fucking truth? They didn't have a lot of that shit back in the day, I'm guessing. That also, back then... They didn't even really have cough syrup. Like, if you look like 1950s cough syrup, it's literally just like whiskey and flavoring. Yeah. Like whiskey and lime. Mm. With some honey. Yeah. And, uh... Like, I'm pretty sure that's that... That's why there's that one alcohol that says, uh... Your well, grandfather's cough medicine. Grandfather's cough medicine or something yeah. like that, yeah. Which one are you going to watch? Watch them all. Watch the TV show. Watch that Ed Gein movie. Um, it's yeah, so, that, so that... Oh, so you're watching about the show. You're talking about Bates and Mattel. Um, so the Ed Gein movie is... I think it's in two, It was in 2007 is when it came out, and Kane Hodder stars in it. Mm-hmm. So just look for that. Uh, look for Kane Hodder. And I don't know where you could come find up. Bates Mattel anymore. I know it was on Netflix, but I'm not sure if it still is. But there's five seasons, and I don't see like why. Why wouldn't it be on? Wasn't there 15 episodes per season? Wasn't Bates Motel a Netflix original? Oh no, that came no, no, out. No, no, it was uh, on uh, AMC. AMC, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's actually still on there. I think I seen it the other day when I was looking some shit up. So it yeah. should still be on there. Uh, if not, check Hulu. I'm sure it's because usually Hulu gets whatever Netflix doesn't fucking have anymore. Well, guys. This is the end. We will see what we will talk about next week. Um, I may be going out of town here shortly to go do some hurricane uh, cleanup down in Florida for uh, work. It's it's also quite possible, depending on if I get a couple avenues worked out, that I also might be going down there to help out. That's fair. Um, if not, insane for every anything rather than just COVID, but. Right. Uh, If not, then I will probably try streaming a little bit on Twitch. And also, I think Drew and I, um, we're going to talk a little more about what we'll do. Because if he does go down there, he's probably going to be gone for about three to four weeks, I would think. Yeah, something like that. So, um, we obviously don't want to wait that long to get you guys another episode out. Even though we have done that before, we would like to try not doing that anymore to you guys. Um, so just kind of bear with us these next few weeks uh, until Drew. Well, well, I mean, until he figures out what he's doing, uh, we're definitely going to continue to try doing it every week. Yeah. Um, but once we figure that out, we'll kind of let you guys know, uh, keep you informed as we get informed well, as he gets informed on what's going on. And then if I end up going down with them, then maybe we'll uh, we'll try setting something up down there to where we can still do the podcast mm-hmm. if we're going to be uh, close close by each other, anyways. Yeah. But that's where it's going to come to an end, my friends. But uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, I if am you going guys to do hood shit down there, hood shit, yeah, hood, hood shit, shit with his uh, with his friends, yeah, hood rat shit with his friends. That yeah. that there it is more than likely just hanging up cable so probably it's gonna be a good time for it's gonna be fun it's gonna be Um, a great time like i said at the beginning of the podcast if you guys have any suggestions on what you would like us to talk about i'm thinking we're probably going to do about two or three weeks of normal shit so we can start researching the next one that we want to do for the killer files yeah and then uh the week of halloween we'll jump back into one it, like I said, and this is all depending on. Yeah, this is this is all depending on what happens with work for the both of us. Right. So, 
Thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, you'll see some stuff on Twitch, probably from B, and then also from maybe me if I take my Xbox down. Uh, we're planning on maybe playing some video games Saturday night. Uh, I may or may not stream it. We'll keep it a surprise for him and our cousin that has also been on the show once or twice. So with that, guys, we will see you hopefully next week. And make sure you DM us what you want us to talk about. It's going to be just a normal episode. So give us some suggestions so we're not running around rampant crazy. And if you're new, follow us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. And wherever you get your podcasts. And that'll do it. All right, guys. We will see you later. Peace.